Dungeon Master and you're having a hard time getting your villain's character personality perfect, or maybe you're a player and you're struggling to really dial in on who your character is, well, stick around and let's talk about it. Welcome back to the Game Master's Academy. This is the show where we strive to help you make every one of your sessions great. Thank you for joining me. My name is Greg. You know, I spend a lot of time on the show and on YouTube discussing combat encounters. Uh, I think it's actually a really easy way to have a good conversation about creating fun and unique ways to challenge players. But combat's really only half of the game, and sometimes it's less than half. And so I I feel like we've, or I should say I, have neglected uh, role play and a really good idea of who our characters are and who the individuals are. Now, you know, D&D, uh, there's no right way to play the game. And so if the way that you have the most fun at your table with your party is pretty much playing like a hack and slash, like almost like a Diablo type of a game where you just run around and just kill monsters, and there's very little um, actual role play and story and things along those lines, then hey, that's great. But D&D has a unique opportunity to allow you to tell stories in ways that are not possible in any other combat game. But sometimes the most challenging part about being able to role play, being able to um, adapt to the characters that we have is really fleshing out who they are. Uh, I think a lot of us natural tendency is to hit just very overused archetypes or have one-dimensional characters, uh, things along those lines. And for an individual that's just starting, that's great. The idea that you're, you know, having a conversation as your character that might feel very foreign to you. And so doing anything is better than nothing. But if you're looking to up your character creations to the next level, uh, increase your cap- uh, capabilities of role play and really dial in on who your characters are, then we need to add more nuance to the individuals. Rarely in life, when you meet someone, are they just one dimensional. And so we need to make sure that we add additional things to our characters to make them feel more real. Before we get into all of that, I want to go over a couple of quick things here. First and foremost, I just wanted to say thank you for joining me. I appreciate each and every one of you that downloads the podcasts, watch the uh, videos on YouTube, listens to uh, the audio-only videos on YouTube. Um, All of that stuff is greatly appreciated. Uh, Please, if you would, take the time to like, subscribe, follow, Uh, Everything that you could think of that you feel comfortable doing that helps the algorithms, I would greatly appreciate it. Second, I do have a Patreon, um, and I post a lot of things regarding uh, World Builder there, uh, as well as uh, posting things to Patreon um, that potentially aren't uh, like sign-up only type of things. Um, I'm going to be posting the full workup of the dungeon that we are creating through the Combat Corner, which comes out on Thursdays, uh, on the Patreon, uh, and that'll be uh, something that's available 
uh, at no cost, just a nice little compiled list of everything that uh, we've already created. Uh, and then also uh, with the World Builder, I normally will create a homebrew monster, and so feel free to swing on through there and uh, take a look. Uh, you, obviously, you get access to everything when you do that um, through the highest tier to get the monsters, etc. So uh, swing through, take a look, and uh, we'd love to have you uh, join us there. With that out of the way, let's have a conversation regarding character creation. And when I say character creation, I don't just mean your stats. Uh, I really truly mean who your character is. And a lot of that's done through your role play and then also through the backstory that you create for your character. Uh, and so this is not just a player type of a deal. Uh, this is really for uh, players and dungeon masters because the best villains are the ones that have depth to them and are not just me bad, me kill good people. And really truly are compelling you can understand how they got to be the way they are uh, and so we want to utilize some of the ideas um, present uh, in just a second to build our villains to build our bbeg so the big bad evil guys um, and then it obviously works just as easily to build the characters that your players are going to be utilizing uh, to really create uh, an in-depth type of a player. Uh, I'm sorry, in-depth type of character. And so I have a couple of different things that I think would uh, help with that process that I wanted to go over. Uh, the very first thing I want to do is do a video plug. So uh, Ginny D on YouTube has an entire video about different tasks that you can have your characters do that would help you get into the character. Uh, and so that's things like create a Pinterest page that your character would make or journal as though it's a character or write something out with a quill pen as though you're writing a letter to your family, all in first person of your character. I think that's a great video to really get us a good idea of thinking like the character we have. And so I just wanted to mention that and uh, to, to plug that video because I think that's a great resource for us to use to look at and really get an idea of what it is that we want our characters to look like and to feel like when we are speaking as them. So starting off just by pointing that out, if you have not seen it, you should definitely go take a look at it. Uh, it's worth a uh, watch um, and most of her videos are uh, less than 20 minutes, so it's not like it's crazy. So all right, so with that out of the way, the very first thing that we want to do is we need to decide the main trait for our character. Now, this would be the typical, archetypical um, type of character personality that you could experience. The sullen and um, brooding rogue, the you know happy-go-lucky and energetic um uh, playful, you know, you, you, you basically have these types of characters that you can see. Um, and Lord of the Rings does a pretty good job with it. Uh, you know, obviously Strider in his Strider persona is just kind of brooding off in a corner. You've got, um, all of the hobbits, which 
are different, but a lot of them share that just uh, happy-go-lucky and innocence that uh, uh, you can, you know, kind of portray that way. Uh, you know, Legolas and uh, Gimli create this great dynamic between the two of them. You get the point. So we want to establish what our main trait is going to be for our uh, characters. And so uh, using my, I, I just created a new character recently, and I'm going to use uh, them as an example. Um, it's on a, basically, a, they're pirates. And so uh, his his name is Wave, and he is a water genasi. Uh, and so his main trait is superstition. And what I mean by that is everything is in some regard, his doing it is for a superstitious reason. Uh, he doesn't like the idea of women on boats because he is uh, basically a jerk. And he thinks that women on boats will create ill omens and uh, cause all sorts of problems, which is obviously something that was a fairly common theme um, in the real world. Uh, and so we're putting that in there. And I mean, honestly, whenever I'm dealing with things, everything is a superstition. Uh, and that's done on purpose. It doesn't matter what it is. We come across something new and I've immediately uh, have that character thinking that there's something wrong and uh, you know the world is going to end because of whatever has just happened. And so that superstitious sailor is by no means a unique way to play a pirate or a sailor on a campaign involving uh, basically you being on a boat and sailing around. So that's where I wanted to start. And leaving it there is fine. That would be a character. But leaving it there, I wanted to have something that was more than just that. And so that kind of piggies us into or segues us into uh, the next thing that we want to do. And that is really identify what the secondary traits are that you want your characters to have. Uh, and so for the example here with my pirate guy, I wanted him to be um, just uh, almost brooding and uh, evil to a level almost like creepy. And so I created him with this backstory of him being very, very devout to Umberly, who is the you know queen of the seas, and human sacrifices and killing people and just being this really dark and um, just deranged type of uh, pirate and that yeah he thinks things are superstitions and the way that you get over that is by creating uh, sacrifices uh, to account for all of the ill omens that you've created and so there's there's this level of just um, I, I don't want to just say creepy um, but there's a a level of derangement as well as a level of unnervingness to his presence uh, another secondary trait that I wanted to give him was this idea of protecting those that are his. And so this boat that he's on, he, he's viewing it as his temple, right? And so he, he's a paladin, um, but he's viewing it as his temple. And so all of the individuals that are on the boat, uh, he truly looks at as family. And so you've got this guy that's quick to kill, does not have 
any qualms about doing horrific things to individuals in the name of sacrifice and trying to bless the boat. But at the same time, all of the individuals that are there are individuals that he would protect and he would give his life for because they're all on the boat together. It's all family and he wants to protect his own. And so you can see, as we start looking at this, we've got uh, a superstitious sailor, and that superstitiousness is something that is going to allow him to be, I don't want to say funny, because I think the harder we try to be funny, the, the less funny we are. But it allows there to be some, uh, some brevity and uh, some just some lightheartedness to it by, you know, every time something happens, it is an ill omen. And there's something that needs to be addressed for it. Uh, and then you couple that and uh, with the juxtaposition of this extraordinarily just dark and brooding figure who is really truly not afraid to kill anything in the name of a sacrifice to try to make up for all of the ill omens that he sees everywhere he looks. And then add in the idea that he is extremely protective of those he would consider his family. And you can start to see that we have a character with a bunch of different layers. We have all of these different individual uh, qualities within the character. And we need to figure out how they all mesh together and create one character. Because... One of the things, I know that I was guilty of this, and that if I would create a character, I would be like, okay, well, I want two, you know, two different personality traits and kind of maybe balance it. And you find yourself kind of leaning into one and then not the other. And then in maybe a different scene, you lean into the other one and not the first. You don't really have one personality. You almost end up playing it like they have two personalities. And that that could work. But I wanted it to feel like it was one personality. And so one of the things that I did for this particular character was I worked with some of the other party members. And in working with some of the other party members, I did exactly what I just said. And the idea here was practice the concept of what we're looking for. And so... By practicing the concept, what I would do is I would focus only on his superstitions until I really got to the point where I felt comfortable with the way I wanted him and his views of the world to be portrayed when it comes to superstitions. Then I went and I practiced just the dark, brooding, um, you know, murderous, chaotic, evil type feel that I was trying to give the guy. And then after that, started looking at how I could, you know, utilize him as a way to be protective. Uh, he would never admit that he was being protective, but at the same time, he, he is protective. And so when you get an opportunity, you know, with a party member or something else along those lines to really just kind of just practice even just a little bit, you can dial in, hone in what it is that you want that particular trait to look like. And then... When all of this was done before the game actually started, I forgot to mention that. So the idea was that I was practicing these individual little tasks. I didn't spend a ton of time on it. We're talking maybe 10 to 15 minutes each, um, but just really practice what each one of those were before the game started. So that way, when the game started, instead of being just one or the other, I could find ways for him to 
be this dark, brooding, like brutal, ruthless killer that is, you know, afraid of stepping over a broom and would, you know, dive forward and catch somebody before they fell that was one of his shipmates to make sure they didn't get hurt all in one scene. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. And then after we have the personality you know, a main feature or main trait and then secondary traits all figured out, we need to decide the type of individual and the moral compass that these characters have. You know, when you're playing a villain, the the idea here is everybody's the hero of their own story. And I think that's extremely true when it comes to D&D villains. Obviously, there's a place for the troll that literally just wants to eat everybody. But at the same time, when you have a really compelling villain and you can see like this is where this person started and you can see the path that they took and why they are the way they are here but you don't reveal that to the characters you can create these moments where the characters get more information about your you know your big bad and they start to you know really just question like is this really the the bad guy here because I kind of think I would have done the same thing in that position and then something else happens and it's awful and they hate him and then you know the third thing happens and they're kind of like well I kind of would have probably done that too and so if you have that uh the idea the the big bad or whatever you can kind of do this exact same thing um that we're talking about for characters for your big bads uh for basically the exact same result And so we want to create some moral dilemmas and decide what these characters would do, Uh, whether they're villains that we're running as DMs, whether they're characters that we're going to play as. Um, And so there's a couple of different scenarios I think are great to put your, uh, the personality that you're creating through to really dial in what it is that you want your characters to be like. And so the very first one, Uh, the moral dilemma is putting your character in a situation where there's two, there are two buildings on fire or what doesn't even matter what the scenario is, but it's basically the one versus the many. And so you can only save one group in one group is one close cherished loved one. And in the other group is a group of a hundred thousand people or all of the people of the city that they live in just it doesn't even really have to have a number to it just a lot of people and the actions that the character takes basically can save only one of the groups is your character or your individual the type that would let you know an entire city's population die to save the one person that they love 
Or are they the type of person that would save as many people as possible knowing that someone that they love may die because of the choices that they made? And I think it's a, a unique, uh, I shouldn't say it's unique. I think it's a great way to test whatever it is that that particular character would do. You know, we're talking about wave um, with my example on the, the pirate guy. And he is absolutely a uh, one uh, over the many type of a scenario. He's the type of guy that would help kill the entire population of the city as long as he knew that he was going to save somebody from his close group that is on his boat. So the next dilemma that we want to put people through or put characters through so we can help kind of get an idea of who they are is going to be independence versus power or gains, things along those lines. So the idea that you can remain free and independent of outside sources or you can subjugate yourself to something else, a city, an entity, a body, whatever, and in doing so, gain significant amounts of power or prestige, things along those lines. So is your character, is your villain the type that is willing to sacrifice part of their self-autonomy to gain additional resources, additional power, uh, things along those lines? Or are they the type that would turn away the power, turn away the resources, turn away all of the extra money so that way they could maintain their level of self-autonomy and be able to truly dictate everything they do themselves. And this, this is almost the same as saying, would your character be willing to become a warlock if they wanted to? Because it kind of that's kind of the idea here is are are you that type where you're willing to sacrifice a part of yourself for more? And I think again, going back to Wave and the conversation with him, um, he is the type that he that would not sacrifice his independence and sacrifice the self autonomy. But as a devout follower of Umberly and the Queen of the Seas, has already kind of done that. So it's almost like he wouldn't do it, but the reason he wouldn't do it is because he's already done it. And so he is beholden to this dogma, and he thinks it gives him power, um, but obviously that's kind of dependent on how things go with him. But when we're looking at that particular character, he is convinced that by doing this and sacrificing him doing things the way he wants and trying to live for this goddess, that he's going to be given blessings and powers and things along those lines. And so is he willing to do it? Yes. Is he willing to do it again? No, because he's already done it once. And then the final thing that we look at is money. And what I mean by that is the wealth that your character receives, is he the type of person, or she, or they, however you've got this character created, would they be an entity that would find a pouch 
with a thousand gold in it and give it to the party so that way everybody can profit from that and become stronger or would they keep it for themselves and not tell anybody so that way they can become stronger and I think that actually says a lot about the character uh, because when you're in a situation where you've got a group of people and all of you are working together being able to distribute that money to that group of people shows a kinship there and holding it for yourself isn't just greed but it also just shows that you don't truly believe that you're going to be around those people long enough for them having the gold to actually give you some sort of benefit so again going with an example uh, if we're looking at Wave, he's absolutely the type of individual that would find money, distribute it to the party, try to make it so every single individual here would be uh, able to benefit and grow together because that's one of his original traits was that family, kinship, camaraderie type of a scenario. But at the same time, I've also got um, a couple other villains that I'm in the games that I'm DMing and they are, uh, there, there's one specifically that is gathering as much money and as much resources and power. Uh, and when I say resources, I mean even just human bodies. Um, and, and they're not dead. He just doesn't look at them as people. They're just figures. And he's gathering as many of them as he possibly can and hoarding them. And so obviously that type of situation is where you've got somebody that would be different. His resource management is basically it's all his and you can't, um, he's not going to distribute that evenly for other individuals because he's 100% convinced that he's going to do the best with it that anybody else could and he doesn't trust anyone. So those are the basics for me. Uh, there's plenty of other ways that you can create and decide what the personalities are for your characters. I would love for you to leave me a comment and explain some additional things that you use to really help dial in who your characters are. You know, as a passing thought, I want to talk about alignment. You know, there's all sorts of different things where people talk about it. Well, you know, your character's good, they wouldn't do an evil thing and, you know, I don't like to think of alignment that way. I, I like to think of it as this is what they are, you know, right now. And it doesn't mean that they are incapable of doing things. It means that they're most likely to do it in this particular way, but are capable of doing anything. The alignment conversation is absolutely something that we can have uh, at a later date, but I just I like to point out that uh, alignment shouldn't make you feel like you're pigeonholed into only being able to play your character in a specific way and no other way. Again, this is all my take on things. Um, there's plenty of things I did not include that I'm sure are great assets uh, and great ways to really dial in a character. Like I mentioned, I'd love to hear what some of those are. Lastly, I hope you have a great rest of your week. I hope your sessions are amazing and that your players are just itching to get back to the next one. Hopefully, you're able to utilize some of these tips and create 
characters that have uh, nuanced and are compelling. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next one. And as always, let's let the dice decide.